This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. We now present... George Edwards in Frankenstein. The good ship Voyager had been on a journey of exploration towards the North Pole. She was homeward bound, but unfortunately, the icy grip of the northern winter closed in, and the Voyager was surrounded by great blocks of solid ice. Her captain and crew were prepared for a weary wait before the thaw set in and they should continue their journey home. Shortly after noon, Captain Walton and his first mate, Mr. Boyd, were standing on the deck of the Voyager. They looked out across the icy waste. Well, Mr. Boyd, I think we will be here for quite a considerable time yet. There's no sign of the thaw setting in. Uh, the trouble is to keep the crew occupied, Captain. And they're beginning to grumble a good deal already. Well, given as much work as can. After all, we were prepared for something like this. We have ample supplies and provisions. I will take all responsibility for my men. And I can promise you that they will all return safely to England. Why? What ails you, Mr. Boyd? Look there. Coming across the ice. Man. Are all the crew accounted for, Mr. Boyd? No, I have left the vessel, sir. Ahoy there! Good morning. Good morning. There's a ship here. No, I must be dreaming. This is another secret of my tortured brain. I can assure you this is a ship. Give orders to the to be helped aboard, Mr. Boyd. Aye, aye, sir. What ship is this? Whither are you bound? My men are coming to help you aboard now, sir. Bring him up that rope ladder. Steady there. Thank you, sir. Speak good English. Yeah? I wonder where it came from. I can't understand. Man wandering about all alone out here. The wind and the snow is howling about. Well, they're bringing him aboard now, sir. Who is the captain? Of this I am captain. My name is Walt. I see there. This is special bound. We have been on a voyage of exploration towards the North Pole. 
we commenced our journey homeward, the ice closed in on us. We are staying here until a thaw sets in. May I crave your hospitality and shelter? Most certainly, sir. May I ask your name? Victor Baron Frankenstein. I am ill and weak. I will see all. I must express my sorrow for the trouble I am causing you, Captain. But I am seeking shelter. Then my quest must go on. I must always go on. I cannot die till I find that evil, that demon, which I unloosed upon the world. You speak strange words, sir. Uh, forgive me. If I can but crave your kindness, some food, and I will... Mr. Boyd, take Baron Frankenstein below to my cabin. He says he has made comfortable there. Give him food and drink. Let the ship's sergeant attend to him. You are giving him your cabin, sir? Why not? You have my orders. Have a hammock slung for me in the cabin. Aye, aye, sir. We put him to bed, sir. He slept for quite a long time. He seems better now. But I think his mind is rambling. Why do you say that? Well, ever and anon, he speaks of some demon, some fearful monster. He appears through the portal. We had to use force on one occasion to persuade him to return to his bed. Strange. Perhaps his wanderings have deranged his mind. Do you think it is safe to leave him without a guard? Do you think we should take the precaution of locking your door, sir? He appears to be a gentleman. No doubt he has a strange story to tell. Has he mentioned anything which might supply a key to this mystery? Or why he was wandering about here in these icy wastes? He said that he was searching for an evil spirit, for a destroyer, a taker of human life. Something about the man would make me afraid, sir. Oh, boy, the man could do you no harm. I will go down and speak with him myself. Do you wish me to accompany you, Captain? No. I will go alone. But, sir, uh, should he become violent? Oh, the man is weak and ill. How can he become violent? He struggled with us when we dragged him away from the porthole. He says he must be watching. Forever watching. Poor devil. I will try to persuade him to tell me his story. When you're on deck, boys, I will send for you if I need you. Inquire after your health. Why was I locked in this cabin, Frank? Why are you keeping me a prisoner? I am considering your own safety. Considering my own safety? I tell you, sir, my life means nothing to me. I wish to repair the great wrong which I have done. My friends, my family, they have all been murdered. And I am the murderer. You know not what you say. Look on me, Captain. You are looking on a man who unleashed the horror on this world. A man who was responsible for the murder of his beloved wife, his best friend, for the murder of little children. Are you a fugitive from justice? I am not a fugitive. I have been punished because I tried to usurp the rights of God. Now I seek to repair the wrong which I did. I do not understand you. Bid your sailors keep a close watch. Somewhere in these white wastes, somewhere near here, there is a monster. A creature who delights in taking human life. None of you is safe. Your wanderings, your hardships have caused you to imagine these things. No, I swear it is the truth. Near this vessel, I saw a giant footprint in the snow. 
It must have been the footstep of the monster. The monster which I created. Would you like to tell me something of your story? Captain Wilkin, I do not know if you will believe my story when I tell it to you. Perhaps you may have proof. Perhaps someday you will look upon this monster. Oh, may heaven grant that you do not. If it will help you to tell me about it, Baron Frankenstein, I assure you I will make a ready listener. Uh, be seated, Captain. I have told you that my name is Baron Victor Frankenstein. I was born in Geneva, and my family is one of the most distinguished in that republic. My father had filled several public situations with honor and reputation. He was respected by all who knew him for his integrity. So you can see, sir, that I grew up in the most ideal surroundings. When I was 17, my parents sent me to the University of Ingolstadt. And there I became interested in science. During my attendance at the university, my beloved mother died. I returned home for a brief while. And whilst at home, I fell deeply in love with my cousin Elizabeth. And I determined to marry her as soon as my course at the university had been completed. I returned to Ingolstadt and continued with my studies. I read deeply and gradually a most dreadful thought occurred to me. From my readings and my studies, I realized that it would be possible for man to create man. I became aware of the tremendous power of electricity. I was caught once in a terrific thunderstorm. I observed how the lightning had split an oak tree in half. And the knowledge came to me that just as electricity can destroy life, so can it create. And then and there... My horrible resolve was born. I vowed that I would not rest until I had created a man. This seems incredible, Baron Oh, it may seem incredible to one who is not acquainted with science, but I studied and experimented, and when I retired from the university, I begged my father to build me a laboratory near our old home. He agreed to do this, and then I took into my confidence an old family servant called Julio. The man was crippled, but he had a keen and agile brain, and he was interested in my experiments. For months we worked. I intended to create a creature who would be both strong, good to look upon, and noble. Are you speaking the truth, Baron Frankenstein? I swear that I speak the truth. Did you succeed with this monstrous project? I swear a holy oath that I succeeded. I created a man. I used the rights of God. Did I say I created a man? That is not the truth. I created a monster. A monster? Why, you might well shudder, Captain Walton. I will tell you the story of the creation of this monster. I will tell you why you found me wandering about the white race. How did you get here? I chartered a ship. I paid a crew. We wrecked upon an iceberg and all perished save one person. I was the miserable person who lived on because I had to live. I cannot die until I have destroyed that which I have created. But if you created this monster in Geneva, what is it doing here out in the white waste of the north? Oh, I'm tired, my friend. The story is too dreadful and horrible. Let me regain my strength so that I may complete my work. What I have created must be destroyed. Oh, my poor fellow, I assure you that we will give you every care and attention. Still, you do not believe me. What was that? The monster is it here. Aboard the vessel. That was the most ghastly laugh I have ever heard. Open that door. 
Let me complete my work now. Did you hear that? Stand aside. Oh, we shall not open the door. Mr. Boyd! Mr. Boyd! Somebody wants to bring a pistol with you! Subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loop on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are backs just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. It's alive! It's Frankenstein! We now present... George Edwards in Frankenstein. The good ship Voyager was held fast in the northern ice pack. The captain and crew were astonished when a stranger came staggering across the ice and asked for shelter. This stranger was Baron Victor Frankenstein. He was placed in the captain's cabin, and then he commenced to tell his story. Shortly afterwards, however... A ghastly laugh was heard outside the cabin door. Frankenstein weakly attempted to get out of bed, but the captain pushed him back and called to the first officer to come to his aid. Captain Walton, you are condemning your first officer to death. A monster is out there. A blood-clazed, conscienceless beast. Oh, let me go. Oh, we can't do. You can do nothing, Baron Frankenstein. Did you bring a pistol? Yes, Thank you. I take out anybody. Is there anyone out there now? No, sir. Very well. I shall unlock the door. Now, Tommy, what did you see? Tell us what happened. I heard the captain calling, and I dashed down the companionway. Then down to the darkness, a huge figure seemed to leap at me. I was knocked aside. When I arose, there was no sign of anyone. I dashed up on deck again. There was no one there. The man on watch reports that he saw nothing. The monster was here. You are lucky to be alive. I believe your story now, friend Frankenstein. I created that monster, and I must live until I kill him. That is my sole task on this earth. What I created, so I will destroy. What do you mean? It is a strange story, Mr. Boyd. Baron Frankenstein is too exhausted to talk anymore tonight. Pray remain in the bunk, then. I must try to get to sleep. 
I must recover my strength. I must have strength enough to kill the monster. You shall have every care and attention here. I will place the man on guard outside your door. I do not think the monster will return tonight. The storm has become worse. It is a bit crazy now. It will be difficult for anyone to live out there. Let us trust that this monster perishes in the storm. I am to be called if any sign is seen of him. In the meanwhile, uh, let me sleep. Then on tomorrow, if I feel refreshed, I will tell all my story, Captain Walton. Very well, Baron Frankenstein. Mr. Boyd, you will go up on deck now, and you will arrange for two men to stand guard outside this door. I will share your cabin with you tonight. Aye, aye, sir. I bid you good night, Baron Frankenstein. You will meet on the morrow. Yes, Captain. I, I, I feel much better. Was there any sign of the monster during the night? Nothing was seen. Please be seated. I know that you are interested in my story and you are puzzled by these strange happenings. I am extremely puzzled. Well, I told you that after I left the university, my father built a laboratory near our house. Each day I used to spend hours in this laboratory working with my servant, Julio. Day after day, I read and studied so that my great experiment would be a success. Sometimes by night, Julio and I would visit graveyards to exhume freshly buried bodies. I was going to make a man, and the creature of my making was to be beautiful. I slaved and labored, neglecting my family and my friends, neglecting my fiancée, Elizabeth. It so happened that at that time, my greatest friend, Ernst Claval, came to stay at our home. He had been at the university with me, and he had a vague inkling as to the nature of my experiment. However, I had become sullen and morose. I shunned my friend, and as my experiment neared completion, well, I became possessed by a strange, tense excitement. Imagine me in my laboratory late one afternoon, Captain Walton. I glanced out of the window and saw that the sky was dark and overcast. My servant, Julio, stood by my side. Now and again, he would glance over at the great bench on which lay a huge, inanimate figure swathed around with yards of bandages. I walked over to where the figure lay. Julio followed me. Julio, I have news for you. I think that tonight uh, we'll see the end of our work. Do you mean that the figure will come to life tonight, my master? I hope so. If the threatened thunderstorm takes place, there will be sufficient electricity to bring light to this inanimate mass. Look at it, Julio. At present, it is a lifeless mass shaped in the form of a man. For months, we have worked over it. Tonight, if the storm breaks, we shall raise this figure to the top of the tower in the laboratory, and there... It will stay for one hour while the thunder crashes and the lightning flashes. Then we shall lower the body onto this bench once again. The wrappings will be taken off and who knows? I may have created a man. Think of it, Julio. My work will be rewarded. I am afraid, Master. We should not do this. Fool, why are you afraid? I am about to make a name for myself. I will be the greatest man in the world. Because I have created another in my own likeness. 
Throughout the centuries, men have tried to do this, but I will succeed. I know it. You may not be meant to succeed. Who is there? It is Lebron here. May I come in, Victor? Yes. Oh, thank you. I'll lock it up. I wanted this. I might want you as well. The time is right now for you to share my secrets. My experiments are almost at an end. I suspect the nature of your experiments, Victor. And I almost dread to ask if my suspicions are correct. Look on this bench. Tell me what you see, Ernst. A huge, inanimate figure swarmed around with bandages. My creation. Tonight, this figure shall have life. Victor, you must not do it. Man is not meant to do that. Boy, you are like Julio. He is also afraid. I want to speak with you privately. Please, Julio, be gone. You may go, Julio. But be here tonight at seven o'clock. We shall wait for the storm to break. The clouds are banking up now. I will obey you, my master. Victor... Your life is bound up in this strange experiment, which I do not think for one moment will succeed. But might I point out that you are in love with a very beautiful and charming girl. You are neglecting her, and she feels this neglect keenly. Cleval, my friend, I know that I have been neglecting Elizabeth, but she will be proud of me, proud to marry me. I will be hailed as the greatest scientist the world has ever known. I beg of you to desist in this experiment. Do not try to bring life to this body tonight. Destroy what you have already done. Then marry Elizabeth and go away somewhere for a long holiday. You do not look well, my friend. I have been working too hard. But you ask too much of me, Ernst. I cannot give up my life's work. Do you love your work more than you do, Elizabeth? I love Elizabeth very dearly. But I must do something with my life. I have always wanted to be a great scientist. My discovery will revolutionize the world. It will be possible to make men. Do you not understand? It is not possible. Experiments like this are not meant to succeed. You are usurping the right of God. You are my best friend. You cannot seriously ask me to give up this work. I am going to ask you to be here in this laboratory with me tonight to watch as I unbind the bandages from this figure and to know that my experiment has succeeded. Very well, Victor. Since you insist. But I do think you should take Elizabeth into your confidence. Let her come here tonight. Oh, she will be afraid. We will all be afraid. But without wishing to dampen your ardor, let me assure you that I do not think this experiment will succeed. Uh, We shall see. Well, come with me now. Speak to Elizabeth. Tell her that you have been neglecting her and ask her to be present tonight. I will do that. We will go and seek out Elizabeth now. Well, Captain, I sought out my fiancée. I told her the truth. At first she was horrified, but gradually she became interested and she consented to be present in the laboratory that night. After dinner, the storm developed rapidly. The thunder roared and there were great streaks of hope lightning. Together, Elizabeth Ernst and myself went to the laboratory. There we found Julio awaiting us and I led the way to the bench on which lay the inanimate figure. When we reached the bench... Well, my friends, I feel that you are about to witness one of the most extraordinary things in the annals of the world's history. Before you, you see a great inanimate figure entirely covered in bandages. By means of police, Julio and I will raise that figure to the top of the tower where it will remain for an hour. Then we'll lower it and I think the figure will have life. No, you cannot do it, Victor. You must not. I am afraid. Elizabeth, you said you had confidence in me. Will you promise me this, Victor? If the experiment is a failure... Will you marry me and let us go away together? Never attempt to do this again. 
It is madness. I promised that if the experiment is a failure, I would discontinue all attempts. Now, does that satisfy you, Elizabeth? It does. Oh, do not worry, Elizabeth. I feel sure that this experiment cannot succeed. You hope it does not succeed, Ernst, but we shall see. Storm is at its height now. Come, Julio. Help me to place the body on the lift. Now, here it Roll it over. Victor, I beg of you, do not do it. Hi, please. Now, Julio, pull the rope and I will assist you. See, my friend, the body is going up to the tower. There it will be exposed to the full fury of the storm. Watch. The lightning frightens me. What is it? The red for storm. The body is in place now. It will remain there for an hour. We must be patient. We will wait here. And in an hour's time, I will lower the body, unwrap the bandages, and perhaps I will have credit. Please proceed, Baron Frankenstein. Tell me what happened. I can tell you no more today, Captain. I am weary now, and the memory of the past upsets me. Please be patient. I will be patient. I will leave you to rest now, but I will return later, anxious to hear the remainder of your story. into Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. It's alive! It's Frankenstein! present George Edwards in Frankenstein. Baron Frankenstein had taken refuge on the ship Voyager, which was icebound somewhere near the North Pole. The Baron was weak and ill, and the captain and his officers did their best to restore him to health. Gradually he told them his story, and he explained to the captain of the attempts he made to create a man. Feel able to tell me any more of your story now, Baron Frankenstein? Somewhere out in those white wastes, there is something which must be destroyed. The thought of it is driving me mad. If only I could regain my strength. If only I could continue my quest. Please do not distress yourself. The surgeon tells me that you are making an excellent recovery. I want to hear about your great experiment. Well, I told you how my fiance, Elizabeth, and my friend, Ernst Claval, and myself waited in the laboratory during the violent thunderstorm, while up above us, exposed to the full fury of the storm, lay the lifeless body to which I had made. For a full hour, we watched, and everyone seemed to be agitated. My servant, Julio, crouched in a corner, and ever and anon cast fearful glances up above. At last, the hour passed, and I motioned to Julio to move over towards the pulley. Ernst and Elizabeth followed me, and I said, Come, Julio. The body has been there for a full hour now. It is time to lower it. My, my hands are trembling with excitement, for soon I shall know whether I have created a man. Stop. I make one more appeal to you, Victor. Do not proceed with that experiment. When you bring that body down, I beg you to destroy it. After experimenting on it for months and months, 
Oh, what you ask is too much. I also had my priest to roll of Elizabeth. Well, I must hurry get here to you, please. Help me with this priest, Julio. I will, my master. But I am afraid the devil stalks abroad tonight. Oh, that is nonsense. I am a scientist. I am conducting an experiment. Now lower it gently. The storm seems to have a base to delicious. I seldom remember a worse storm. The thunder is still feeling. It is a fitting night for devil's work. <laughs> this is not devil's work, Ernst. It is an achievement in the field of science. Now, roll the body off the lift. Gently, Julio. Over here. Must stand close, all of you. What are you going to do? I'm going to unwrap the bandages. We'll start here. Nothing will happen. Nothing can happen. What feel that I must pray? Please, please do not let this creature have life. We should all pray. It is not too late to stay your hand, Victor. Right. I feel sure that I am on the verge of success. I am removing the bandage now. Look! The storm is increasing again. It sounds almost as if the voice of the heavens is protesting. Look at the face. It is horrible. I did not mean the face to be like that. I thought it would be beautiful. The skin is all drawn and It is awful. Oh. This is ghastly. There is no sign of life. Great. I will remove the other bandages. I have never seen today. It is best you say. No creature like that could have life. Elizabeth, what are you? Darn it. I swear I told him not you. The eyelids did move. No, no. We must be dreaming. The the horrible creature is looking at us. No. It has closed its eyes again. Julio, dark in the room. The light is too strong. My master, let me take this hammer. Let me destroy the creature. You heard my orders. Lower the light. I will obey. Look. It is raising one arm. It has life. My experiment has succeeded. I have created life. I am the greatest man the world has ever known. No other man has had such power. Victor, this is too horrible. Destroy it now. Destroy it now would be murder. Although this creature is terrible to look upon, it is a man. It has life. It has feelings just as you and I. Can it speak? Not yet. It must learn to speak. What are you going to do, Victor? I, I was prepared for the success of this experiment. So there is a room all in readiness for my creation. Unlock the door of that room, Julio. I am afraid. Let me destroy this creature. Come, come, Julio. You help me to create this man. It is not a man. It is a monster. It is moving. It is struggling into a sitting position. 
Have you unlocked the door of the room, Julio? I have, my master. Then help me. We will move the creature into its abode. We will lock it in there. It will be your charge until tomorrow, Julio. Remain here in the laboratory. Remain just outside the door. Do not enter the room yourself, and do not let anyone else enter. I will obey. Oh, this is my creation. A man which I made with my own hands. The creature seems to be able to focus its eyes now. It is looking straight at me. Oh, it looks awful. Uh, I shall train it myself. Come, take the other arm, Ernst. Let us slip it to walk across the room. No, no, I cannot touch it. There is much I would do for you, Victor, but I cannot touch that monster. I feel that I am going mad. There is no need to be afraid. The creature is helpless. You help me, Julio. Keep the other arm. No, do not make me touch it. Do as I say. Look, I have taken one arm. Now, help me off the bench. Take it across the room. Carefully. It can barely drag one leg after the other. I have never seen anything so horrible. I admit I am disappointed in the appearance of my creation. It seems that in gaining life, the skin has become stretched tight, and the stitches have coarsened. Still, the creature has life, and that is amazing. Now we will place it in this room. Careful, Julio. Now, help me. Help me. Get it on the bed. The bed is not big enough. The creature seems to have become taller and bigger. That is the extraordinary thing. Probably caused by the electricity. Uh, uh, uh. Leave it on the bed. Now come outside. I'll lock the door. You take the key and keep it to the roof. I am glad the door is locked. I feel safer now. I feel a strange and almost overpowering sense of triumph. In my wildest dream, I had not hoped for success. And I... Oh, oh. He has fainted. No, no. I felt strangely weak. Help me to get out of here. Let me go to my room. Baron Frankenstein, your story seems extraordinary. What became of the dreadful monster which you created? I felt weak and ill that night, and Elizabeth and Ernst helped me to my room. There I fell into a deep and troubled slumber. I awakened in the morning to find both Ernst and Elizabeth standing by the side of my bed. As soon as I saw them, Ernst... Elizabeth, why, what are you doing here? We were worried about you. Oh, I remember now. My great experiment was a success. I must go to the laboratory at once. Victor, I beg you to destroy that creature. Just as you gave it life, so you can take that life away. I know that you will never be happy while the creature lives, and I know that I can never be happy. For the sake of the love you bear me, for the sake of the happiness which we desire, I beg you to destroy the creature. Elizabeth is right, Victor. Your experiment was not altogether a success. You hoped to make something beautiful, and the result has been a hideous monster, a monster which you cannot unleash upon the world, or it will be forever upon your conscience. Perhaps you are right. I know we are right. Please, Victor, if you love me, you will do what I ask. Well, I will dress at once, and then I will go over to the laboratory... And make arrangements to do away with the monster. You shall come with me. I will not go. I will go with you, Victor. Good. Then if you wait for me downstairs, I will join you. It seems that you regretted your somewhat rash experiment, Baron Frankenstein. I did, Captain Wharton. And I feel happier when I had made up my mind to destroy my creation. 
I dressed hastily and went downstairs where I found Ernst waiting for me. We walked across to the laboratory and entered the room, and then I called Julio. Julio! Julio! It is strange that he does not answer. I ordered him not to leave here. Look, the door of the room where you put the creature. There is no door there. It is wrenched off its hinges. What could have happened? Look there in the corner. What is it? Let me see. Why, it is the broken body of Julio. The broken body of Julio? Yes, look for yourself. Oh, this is horrible. Let me look in that room. Is there... Is there anyone there? Why, the room is empty. I am too late. The monster has escaped. And in so doing, he has murdered my servant. I have unleashed a horror upon the world. I can speak no more of the matter at present, Captain Morton. The memory of that horror is still too vivid. I beg of you, let me rest. I will let you rest, Baron Frankenstein. I feel that I have not the right to sleep. I should not rest. But I must regain my strength. Try and sleep now. I will send the ship's surgeon to you. And tomorrow I will come and speak with you again. into Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. It's alive! It's Frankenstein. We now present George Edwards in Frankenstein. Frankenstein is relating his tragic story to Captain Wharton of the good ship Voyager. The vessel is icebound somewhere near the North Pole. Frankenstein is taking shelter there. He told the captain of the creation of the monster and of events leading up to the monster's escape and the murder of Julio. this morning, Baron Frankenstein. I trust you had a good night's sleep. I feel better, thank you, Captain. Tell me, what happened after you discovered the body of your servant, Julio? I recall it quite clearly. My friend Ernst Claval and myself were in the laboratory. We found that the door of the monster's room had been burst open, and there was the broken body of Julio lying upon the floor. We bent over the body and then about. Do you realize, Victor... But you have unleashed a monster upon the world, a killer. Anybody's life may be in danger. We must make a search immediately. I will organize a search party. All the peasants on the estate can join in the search. I now realize the enormity of my crime. I will aid you. But I do not know what Elizabeth will say when she learns of this. What are the authorities going to say? How am I going to explain the broken body of Julio? You will have to tell the truth to the police. But they will not believe me. Stay sick. I am mad. Oh, you were mad to attempt this experiment. I am only sorry that it has succeeded. Elizabeth will be appalled when she hears this news. I will search for the monster, I promise you. But I do not think there is anything further to fear, Ernst. The monster will perish. I wish that it were only a dream, some horrible nightmare. 
And I could have reason to find it was not true. God, Julio's body proves the truth of what has happened. I know. But somehow my fear has vanished. I am going to seek my own happiness now. Oh, how can you talk like that when the monster is alive? The monster will be found. If not, he will perish. Let us go. Tell me, did the police succeed in finding the monster, Baron Frankenstein? They did not. The search went on for days. And still there was no trace of the monster. But my hopes were high. I felt sure that the creature had wandered away somewhere in the hills. And there perished from cold and starvation. There came a day when I had almost forgotten the monster. And my experiments, they seemed like some dim dream of the past. I sought out Elizabeth. Elizabeth, I feel sure that we will have no further fear of the strange creature for which I was responsible. I am asking you now, will you marry me and come away to England? Let us take a long journey together. But Victor, does your conscience allow you to leave here? Are you sure that nothing further will be heard of this horrible creature? Oh, it is some months since the monster disappeared and nothing has been heard of it. It is safe for me to go now, Elizabeth. How long shall we be away? For at least six months. Then we shall return here and settle down in my home. Oh, please say that you will marry me as soon as possible, Elizabeth. There is only one request I have to make of you, Victor. What is it? My sister's child, William, needs a home. His mother is very ill. His father is dead. Can he come and live with us? Well, of course. I am very fond of William. We shall adopt him, and he shall be as our own child. Oh, you are very kind, Victor. Oh, I'm just a man in love with a beautiful woman. Now, let us go and tell your father. We will be married very soon, and we shall make all arrangements for our children. Well, Baron Frankenstein, I trust you are not too tired to continue with the story? No, I am just marshalling the facts recalling my happy marriage. Those glorious few months in England and then my return home. How long did you remain in England? For eight months. We had a delightful holiday there. And I returned to my ancestral home and my wife and I settled down. During our absence, we had left the child William in charge of a nurse whom we called Justine. She was an old friend of the family. She had known my wife for years. A few days after our return, Justine approached my wife. Master William desires that I shall take him out for a walk. Do you think the weather is clear enough, Baroness? Oh, I think the child could go for a walk. What do you think, Victor? By all means, the sun is shining brightly now, although there are clouds on the horizon. Clouds on the horizon? Thick black clouds. I fear there may be a storm. Oh, just such a storm as one. Please, Victor, we agreed never to talk of that. Well, may I take the child for a walk? Yes. Give me a short walk down to the lake, Justine. Tell me, Justine, do you like the child? Do you think that young Master William shows promise? He is rather a baby child, with a very strong will of his own. But I am fairly strict with him. Oh, you must not be too strict with him. Remember, we were all young once. I will remember that, Baroness. All right, take him out now. But do not take him any further down the lake. If there are any signs of an approaching storm, bring William home at once. I will, madame. Tell me, Elizabeth, what do you think of Justine? Oh, I have known her for years, my dear. But you do not seem to like her. She is rather a grim and forbidding woman. Oh, in reality, she has a very kind heart. Come over here, Elizabeth. Look out of the window. What is the matter? Look at those strange black clouds on the far horizon. They fill me with a sense of grim foreboding. Victor! Clouds gathered like dots on the days that I created the monster. Victor, do not think about it. 
Mr. Munster is dead. It is 12 months since he disappeared. But is he dead? The body has never been found. Darling, do you not think we would have heard if the monster had still been alive? I suppose so. Did you hear that? Thunder in the distance. Oh, I hope Justine has the intelligence to bring William home before the storm shows signs of breaking. Why am I seized by this nameless fear? That thunder frightened me. Darling, do not think of the past. Let us talk of something else. We know that your friend Ernst is due tomorrow. We hope he stays with us for some weeks. I will be glad to see Ernst again, but in a way he will remind me of the horrors of the past. Oh, you must do your best to forget. You must try and forget that the monster ever existed. I must tell myself that. I created the monster, and now that monster is dead. I will never see it again. Victor, what can I hear? That dreadful sound. Strange, dragging footsteps. The footsteps are approaching this door. A victor. I am frightened. The footsteps have stopped. Victor. What can it mean? Look, Elizabeth. The door is opening slowly. So slowly. Why concern my master? We meet again. The monster. This cannot be. I told myself that the monster no longer exists. It is many months since we have met my master. And now all that you desire. I can walk. I can move freely. I can think. And I can speak. Where, where have you been? Living in the woods these many months. Watching other folks learning to speak as they speak and almost dying from intolerable loneliness. I come to make terms with you, my master. Terms? What mean you by that? Victor, he looks too horrible. That awful face. Your long, shambling name. It is not true. Calm yourself, please, Elizabeth. I am an object of hatred and scorn and derision wherever I go. You did this, Frankenstein. You gave me life, but a life which is filled with misery. All men, all women turn from me. Why did you give me life so that I may suffer? If I had a gun, I would put an end to the life which I gave you. I would destroy you. I do not wish to die. I wish to live. I wish to be happy as other men are. Why, what do you ask of me? You made me. You gave life to me. Now make a mate for me. A woman who may share my life with me. What you ask is impossible. It shall be my mission in life to destroy you. Did you not kill my servant? That matters not. We will talk of this again. I have come to make a bargain with you. Give me a companion, someone to share my loneliness. Why should I not know happiness as others know it? Victor, you must not grant his request. Fear not, Elizabeth. I will never grant it. So be it, Frankenstein. You and yours shall suffer for this. What mean you by that? I kill one man and I can kill others. And unless you heed my demand, unless you fashion for me a mate, then you and all your family will suffer. I will kill them just as I kill that man. I will kill all who stand in my path. I will leave a trail of death and destruction wherever I go. 
But I will not kill you. You shall live on until I bend you to my will. The creature shall rule the master. Oh, monster. I shall kill you now. That's the only American. Please don't be careful. He is not dead. He laid his hands on me. And I hurled him away. Rise to your feet, Frankenstein. I am powerless to destroy the thing which I could take it. You are powerless. We shall meet again. You have refused my demand, but you shall hear from me. Farewell, Frankenstein. Victor, do not go out in it. It'll kill you. Elizabeth, what can I do? You heard his threat. Let us gather the villagers together so that by uniting we may destroy him. One man cannot prevail against him, but many will succeed in killing him. You are right, Elizabeth. I swear that the monster of my creation shall die tonight. Did you succeed in finding the monster that night, Baron Frankenstein? Ask me no more now, Captain Walton. I am tired. I must not overtax my strength. Let me rest now. You will rest now, and I will write the notes of your story in my journal. So be it. Come to me tomorrow, and I will tell you of the horrors which befell me. and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. in Frankenstein. Baron Frankenstein is taking shelter in the good ship Voyager, where he is the guest of Captain Walton. While the Voyager was icebound, Frankenstein told the captain some of his tragic story. He told of the creation of the monster, of its escape and return.
refreshing sleep, Mr. Frankenstein. But we look much better this morning. Thank you, Captain. I slept very well, and I feel that my strength is gradually returning. I am glad to hear that. Do you feel inclined to tell me some more of your story? Well, I remember telling you how the monster had returned. He had learned to speak, and he begged me to make him a mate. Yes. One cannot help feeling a little sorry for him. I know what it is to be bitterly lonely. I also know. But the monster rushed out of the house when I refused. My wife and I discussed the matter. I sent for the burgomaster and begged that his officers would look for the monster. Some little time later, the storm burst in all its fury. The rain came down in torrents, and the thunder roared. My wife approached me angry. Victor, do you know that Justine has not brought little William home yet? I don't know, sir. Nothing about them, Elizabeth. Are you sure they have not come home? I have searched the house. They have asked the other servants. They have seen no sign of them. Dear, this is most disturbing. You instructed the woman to come home before the storm burst. They have been out for a long time. Do you think we should go and look for them? Well, they only went to the edge of the lake. I assume they cannot be far away. I am bothered with them. You know the monster is loose out there. Suppose that we were to attack William or Justin. Oh, there is no fear of that. Undoubtedly, Justin and William are taking shepherd somewhere. I hope that you are right. Mr. Do you have returned? Where is William? How can I tell you? Speak, girl. There is William. I took him to the lake. And I was playing with him there. He ran away from me. He went into the woods. Oh, I took a long time to find him, but I failed. I called his name time and time again, but there was no reply. Bomber. I became panic stricken. I've been out in the rain searching for him. I fear that he may have fallen into the lake. Victor, you must go at once. Find the burgomaster and his men. Tell them to forget about the monster. They must find William. I will go now. Have open courage, Elizabeth. I am sure that I will find William somewhere. Madam, how can I ask your forgiveness? I swear that I meant no harm to come to the child. You should have stayed with him, Justin. If any harm has come to me, I will never forgive myself. Well, go and change your clothes. You are best through, and then come down here. We will wait patiently for Baron Frankenstein to return. Ah, Victor, you have not gone yet. I am taking some more disturbance with me. I have left word. It's here. Dr. Sibogamasa and his men will return. They are to look for William. Wait for me, Elizabeth. I will return as soon as possible. Well, Baron Frankenstein, did you succeed in finding the child? Well, for two hours I searched, taking my faithful servant with me. We wandered through the woods, calling the child's name, but there was no reply. At last, somewhat dispirited, I returned home to find my wife and Justine waiting for me. I stood at my Victor, is there any news? Did you see any sign of William? Not a sign. He must have fallen into the lake, and it was my fault. Victor, I am distracted. What can have become of William? I do not know, my dear. Did the burgomaster return? He has not been back yet. The storm is abating. Yeah, it is parting. We will continue our search all through the night. Yes. I hear men's voices. So the burgomaster is returning. Bring him in here, Justine. As you command, Baron Frankenstein. Oh, I blame myself for this in a way. Victor, we should never have allowed Justine to take William out today. She should have taken better care of him. She should never have allowed him to stay out of her sight. What is that? A woman screamed. Victor, what can it mean? Burgomaster, what has happened? Who screamed? I am going to tell you, Baron Frankenstein, that the tragedy has occurred. My men have found the body of the child, William. William... Mistake? Yeah, the girl Justine saw his body when we were carrying it in. My men are older. Elizabeth, I do not know what to say to you. Burgomaster, 
Well, that's what has happened. I only know that we were searching for this monster of whom Baron Frankenstein spoke. During the course of our search, we looked through some rushes on the edge of the lake, and there we found the body of the boy William. Oh. He was lying face downward in shallow water, and he was dead oh. when we found him. We just sent for a doctor. Now we did, but the doctor could not have helped in this case, Baron Frankenstein. Do you think the boy tripped and fell into the water? I think that he was pushed into oh. the water. Oh. And I think Justine was responsible for the crime. Oh, no. You must not say that. You have been away, both of you. But it is common talk here that Justine disliked the boy. She was always scolding him. And she told people that he was a typical child. And we think that in a fit of rage, she pushed him into the water. Oh, I do not think that is possible. Well, let us have the girl in here and question her now. But my wife is grief-stricken. She needs not remain here. Let me go and look about the body of William. I will send Justine to you. Very well, my dear. But do not distress yourself. Please go to your room and rest. I feel that I should never be able to rest peacefully again. I will wait here with the burgomaster. Tell him to bring Justine in here. I know this is most distressing for you, Baron Frankenstein. But I have my duty to do. And if my suspicions are correct, then Justine will be arrested. Tell me this. Did you see any sign of the monster? Any huge footprints? Nine, we did not. The rain was coming down in torrents. No footprints would be left. Oh, bring your thing in here. I have eaten and seized me. I have committed no crime. Hear me, girl. Is it not true that you were always scolding the child? He was a bathed child. And as he was in my charge, I had to correct his fault. You are a woman of unbridled temper. And at times you have been known to strike the child. Why, this is news to me, Borgomarka. She has been seen to strike the child. That is not true. That is true. Will you admit that at times you have struck him? Yes, I have struck him. But merely because he deserved it. You have no right to do that. Hear me, Justine. Is it not true that in a bit of rage you pushed the child into the lake? That is untrue. I swear I did not push him into the lake. He ran away from me. He went into the woods and I could not find him. You must believe me. Now we do not believe you. Baron Frankenstein, you know I would not kill the child. I your remarks to me, Justine. Is it not true that in a bit of rage you pushed the child into the lake and then you were afraid of your mad act? You wandered around in the rain for hours and pretended you were looking for him. It is not true. Did you quarrel with him today? I was angry with him for running away from me. And I said I would slap him if I caught him. You terrified the child. I did not kill him. I am going to arrest you and charge you with the murder. You will stand your trial in due time. Baron Frankenstein, I appeal to you. I swear that a child came to no harm at my hands. I have served your family faithfully and well these many years. I did not murder William. You cannot believe it of me. I beg that you do not allow him to arrest me. Burgomaster, I think you are being rather hasty. I cannot believe that Justine pushed the child into the lake. It is my duty to arrest criminals. And I suspect her of having committed the murder. You are a stupid man. There is no proof that I did it. We will find proof. What has happened? Oh, Elizabeth, you have returned... I felt I wanted to know what was happening here. And I thought that you should go and look on the body of William. Justine has been arrested. The burgomaster thinks that she killed William. Father, save me. Do not let them arrest me. I did not kill the child. You believe me. You must believe me. Burgomaster, why did you say that Justine killed the child? Who else would have done it? Wait here. I wish to go and look on the body of the child. 
Do not take Justine away until I can speak with you again. Very well. We will wait for you, Baron Feynman. I will return in a few minutes. Now, Justine, it will be better for you if you tell the truth. If you confess, then there may be a chance of saving your life. But if you persist in your denial and the court finds you guilty, then you will surely die. But I am not guilty. And I know the Baroness does not believe that I am guilty. Perhaps the Baroness is not aware that at times you struck the child. Is that true, Justine? I had to correct his faults. Never at any time start striking us. Oh, you had no right to strike me. I go to my knees before you, Baroness. I swear I am innocent of this charge. Please help me. Enough of that, Justine. You shall receive a fair trial. But I am convinced that you are guilty. This girl is not to be taken from the house. What ails you, Baron Frankenstein? He did not murder the child. What? How do you know? Did you not observe the marks upon the child's throat? He was strangled. The marks were the same as those upon the throat of my poor self, Julio. I am in reality the murderer of that child. The murderer. Baron Frankenstein, what tragedy you have faced. Well, even now, when I think of it, I feel that I loathe that devil. But I cannot die yet. Will you tell me the more of the story? Not now. Let me just rest for a while. Come to me later, and you shall hear further details of my tragic life. Subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. Fun surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. It's alive! It's Frankenstein! in Frankenstein. Baron Frankenstein passed away the tedious days on the good ship Voyager 
by relating his tragic experiences to Captain Walton. The Voyager was icebound somewhere near the North Pole, and day after day a howling blizzard raged. Captain Walton became worried, and the ice pack grew higher. He confided his worry to Baron Frankenstein. You look rather worried today, Captain Walton. Unfortunately, the weather shows no signs of abating, Baron Frankenstein. Have any of your men seen any trace of the monster? Has she attempted to visit the ship again? No one has seen any trace of it. Let us hope it has perished out there in the prison. I hope so, but I very much doubt it. Do you feel inclined to tell me some more of your story? Well, I have told you how the child William was murdered. And on examining the body, I formed the conclusion that the murder had been committed by the monster. I dashed back into the room where my wife and the burgomaster were waiting with Justine. And I told them that I was in reality responsible for the murder of William. They looked at me in some amazement. Victor, what are you saying? It is true, Elizabeth. The monster killed William, and I created the monster. He has done this for revenge because I refused to grant his request. Do you not agree with me that Justine was guilty of the murder? I swear that I am not guilty. You can release Justine. She is innocent. Burgomaster, did I not set you and your men to search for the monster? The monster which you say you created. I likely story, Baron Frankenstein. Understand, Burgomaster, that people do not doubt my word. I say that Justine is not guilty of this murder. Take your men. Go and search for this monster. Then you will find the murderer. Had you examined the body closely, you would have seen the marks on the throat. I am sorry if I have given you a fit, Baron Frankenstein. I was merely trying to do my duty. I appreciate that. Will you go now? Seek until you find this monster. Have no mercy. Shoot him on sight. We will do that. But of truth, I have never seen the creature. Is it true that he is your creation? That you made him in a laboratory at the back of this house? It is true. Now go and do not question me further. Find him and kill him. Come, you may. There is much work to be done tonight. We will take our leave, Baron Frankenstein. Baron Frankenstein, I go to my knees and thank you for saving my life. I thank you for making them relieve me. All right, Justine. Now go. Yes. I wish to speak to the Baron, and I do not wish to be disturbed. I will go, and believe me, I will sincerely mourn the child. What have you to say to me, Elizabeth? You are a murderer, Victor. You were right when you said you were responsible for William's death. It was through your own obstinacy, your headstrong stubbornness, that the monster was brought into being. And can I pleaded with you. We begged you not to proceed with this experiment. But you turned a deaf ear to our pleas. And as a result, Julio and William have been murdered. The murder is yours. And it will forever be upon your conscience. Oh, Elizabeth, please do not turn against me. Had you heeded me, had you really loved me, you would not have proceeded with your experiment. You would have married me and destroyed the form which you had made. But you were selfish. You wished to win fame. And what is the result? Oh, I think I hate you, Victor. Oh, Elizabeth, you do not mean that. Oh, that child's body lies in this house, mutely crying for revenge. And yet you stand here and try to justify yourself. Oh, what can I say to you, Elizabeth? Are you going to let that monster live? 
Are you going to make it around the countryside, living a trail of death and misery? Why are you not up searching for it? Why do you not destroy this evil thing? Very well, Elizabeth. I admit that I cannot justify myself. I will go now, and I shall not return until I have slain the monster. No, Victor. I do not mean what I said. If you go out there, the monster may kill you. You have shown me my duty very plainly, Elizabeth. I will go, and I trust that I will return. You must not go, Victor. The shock and the grief caused me to speak like that. I do not hate you. I love you and I want you to stay here. It is because of my love for you I want to repair the great sin which I have committed. You cannot go. Remember, Ernest Corbell is coming tomorrow. Tell him what has happened and do not fear for me. Goodbye. Did you succeed in finding the monster, Baron Frankenstein? Well, I wandered out into the night. I walked through the woods. I traveled for miles until I was footsore and weary. But still I saw no trace of the being which I had created. And then, just as dawn was breaking, I came to a little clearing at the side of the woods. I looked around curiously, and then eventually I heard a woman sobbing. I hurried in the direction of the sound, and as I came through the woods, I saw a peasant's cottage. Outside the cottage, a woman was kneeling beside the body of a man. She was beating bitterly. I approached <laughs> What is the matter? Can I do anything to help you? Who are you? Where have you come from? My name is Baron Frankenstein. Uh, what is the matter with this man? Oh, he is dead. He has been murdered. Let me see. Oh, yes. the same marks. This man was my husband. We lived here happily together for many years. And one day a strange creature came into the woods. He seemed to be half man, half beast. Always crying through our windows. Following my husband, then he went to his work in the woods. Today, my husband took his gun. He shot at the creature and the bullet struck him. But it had no effect. The creature advanced. He beat my husband by the sword. I was powerless to interfere. And in a few minutes, the staff was dead. Then the creature ran into the woods saying that all men were his enemies. Leaving a trail of death and misery. Oh, will you help me, sir? What can I do? I am so afraid. We will take your husband's body into the house. I will return to town and you shall come with me. It is not safe for you here. Now, what is this strange creature? Where did he come from? He terrifies me. You will help me to carry your husband's body down gently now. Bring it in here. Come on, We shall lay it on the couch. What can I do? Oh, Gustav, Gustav, my husband. Take comfort. Although there is little I can say. Oh, uh, what? The monster approaches. Oh, they are not safe. They shall be killed. Greetings, Frankenstein. I thought that you would follow me. I have followed you so that I may kill you. This time I have a gun. You cannot kill me. We shall see. Ah! 
I am wounded Frankenstein, but I will not die. You are the second man who has tried to kill me today. The second man who has wounded me, who has taught me the meaning of physical pain. Let this wound be gone. We have much to say to each other. And you go. Poor woman. Why did you kill her husband? Because he was my enemy. All men are my enemies. And I take that gun from you, Frankenstein. You devil! You are so strong! Now we can talk. This woman will not return. She will run to the town for aid. I am the most wretched being on this earth. You are my creator, Frankenstein, and yet you despise and spurn me. You gave me life, a life that is filled with misery and wretchedness. You gave me this hideous form which turns all men against me. Do you expect me to love all men? Why did you kill the child? Why did you kill this poor peasant? Because he strove to kill me. Have I not the right to defend myself? Why do men strive to kill me? Why do they shudder when I appear? Is that not your fault, Frankenstein? Have I not suffered enough? Do you not think I have been punished? Everywhere I go, I seek bliss and happiness. But I am excluded because I am a hideous monster. Misery made me a fiend, but it is in your power to make me happy. Then there will be no further death, no further misery. When first you brought me to life, I was a poor, helpless, miserable wretch. I knew and could distinguish nothing, but I could feel pain, and I spent my days in weeping and misery. I will remember one day when I was oppressed with the cold. I was wandering in the woods. I found a fire which had been left by some beggars. I was overcome with delight at the warmth I experienced. I thrust my hand into the embers. I quickly drew it out again with a cry of pain. How did I learn the meaning of physical pain? But I have had greater suffering than that Frankenstein. Wandering in loneliness. And yet you could give me happiness. I watched this couple whom you call peasants. They were happy. They loved each other. A love which I could never know. I wished to be friendly with them, but they fled from me. Viewed me with hatred and loathing. The man strove to kill me. Then he died. Tell me, foul monster, why did you slay the child, William? Because he meant something to you. Because I wanted you to suffer as I have suffered. And I swear this, Frankenstein, if you do not give me a mate, then you shall have no mate. I shall slay your wife. You dare to threaten to kill my wife? I swear that unless you start work very soon, unless you commence to create another creature, then your wife shall die. What happened, Baron Frankenstein? Did you agree to the conditions imposed by the monster? Oh, I can tell you no more today, Captain Lawson. The memory of those horrors is still too fresh upon my mind. Return later, and I will continue with my story. into Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. It's alive! It's Frankenstein!
present George Edwards in Frankenstein. Baron Frankenstein related his experiences to Captain Walton, the master of the Voyager, the vessel which was bound on a journey in polar exploration. While the Voyager was icebound, Captain Walton spent much time with Baron Frankenstein, who was gradually recovering his health. I thought perhaps you might care to look at my journal. I have noted your story down very carefully. If you will leave it, I will look through it, Captain. Uh, you do not mind if I make some annotation? Oh, not at all. I will be very grateful. I am glad that you have noted my story in your journal because something tells me that I will never return to civilization. You must not say that. You are recovering splendidly. I know, I know, but... I dare not return until I am certain that the monster is dead. We know that he is somewhere out there in the white waste, waiting to wreak his foul vengeance on some defenseless human being. You will pardon my contradicting you, Baron, but we do not know that. I think the monster must have perished in the blizzard. Uh, what part of my story did I reach yesterday? You were telling of your conversation with the monster. You met him after he had murdered the peasant, and he threatened to kill your wife unless you created a mate for him. Yes. I sat there in the little peasant cottage, and I was horrified at the monster's words. He gazed at me for some time, and then... Oh, monster, you seek to arouse my sympathy. Do you not know that you have turned my wife against me? Had I but heeded her advice, you would never have lived. I came to destroy you the day after your creation, but I was too late. You had escaped, and you had already taken a life. I will take no more lives if you will accede to my request. When I left your home, I wandered through the woods, and there I saw the child whom you called William. As soon as he saw me, he screamed and sought to run away. But I seized him by the arm and spoke softly to him, bidding him not to be afraid. He told me that his uncle was Baron Frankenstein and that I would be punished if I harmed him. At the mention of your name, I trembled with rage. And in a fit of black rage and despair, I killed the child. Just as I shall kill all of your family unless you create for me a mate. I cannot bring myself to do such a thing. You are hideous and horrible. Were I to create another like you, I might unleash another horror on the world. My companion must be as deformed and horrible as myself. One from whom everyone will shriek and who will turn to me for comfort. But I cannot do it. You must do it. Or I will work against you so that you shall curse the very day that you were born. So that you will curse those whose hands created me. I do curse them now. I seek to reason with you. You are my creator. Let me feel gratitude towards you. 
Let me see that I excite the sympathy of some existing being. Do not, I beg of you, deny me my reward. I have tried to paint for you a picture of misery, the horror, and the suffering which I have undergone. All I ask is a mate as hideous and repulsive as myself. Do I see compassion in your eyes? And if I consent, what then? If you consent, neither you nor any other human being shall ever see us again. I will take my mate and go to the vast and frozen wastes of the north. Your body is deformed and your mind is deformed. I have learned that I cannot control the mind of any creature which I create. If I create a mate for you, she will also have the desire to kill, to inflict misery on others. Oh, I, I dare not do it. If you refuse, I swear that all you know and love shall die as others have died. I will haunt the earth, the enemy of mankind, who are my enemies. So be it. I must consent to your demand on your solemn that you will take your mate into exile so that none will ever see you again. Do you? Do you swear to that? I swear by the sun and by the blue sky of heaven and by the fire of the love that burns in my heart that if you grant my prayer, you will never behold me again. Depart to your home and commence your labors. I shall watch your progress with anxiety. And mark this well. When you are ready, when your labors are complete, I shall appear. And if you fail me, you know the penalty. Farewell, Frankenstein. I trust that soon we shall meet again. And that the meeting shall bring happiness. But, Baron Frankenstein, surely you did not accede to the monster's request? Well, after he had left the little cottage, I sat and I thought for a long time. I realized that he was a vile and horrible creature. And that he had demanded that I should create just such another creature. And my heart was heavy. With dragging footsteps, I returned home where I found my wife and my friend Ernst Claval awaiting me. As soon as I entered... Oh, Victor, I am so glad you have returned. I drove you away with heart for a blood match. But I regret it, my bird. Tell me, what news? The monster still lives. Victor, my friend, I have heard of your trouble. Elizabeth has told me. Let me offer you all the aid that I can. Together we shall destroy this vile creature. Have no fear. The monster will do no more harm. There will be no other death. How can you know that? Well, I have spoken with him. And there shall be no more death. Rest assured of that, Elizabeth. Oh, I am so glad. But can you trust this monster? I have been greatly punished for my sins. Tell me this, Victor. Did you consent to the monster's, monster's request? Surely you did not promise to create a mate for him. Elizabeth, there is so much at stake. So much harm has been done. Victor, you cannot do it. Already there is one vile, bloodthirsty monster roaming here. Dare you create another? Oh, give me time to think, please. Oh, Elizabeth, he is upset. Leave him alone with me now, and I will talk with him. Oh, I am so Poor Victor has been out all night. He needs refreshment. Uh, I will see that a meal is prepared for you, Victor. Oh, I thank you, Elizabeth. Remain here with Ernst, and we shall talk of the matter later. 
victim at your friend. My heart is heavy for you. What can I do to help you? Oh, help me, Ernst. I must grant the monster demand. I tried to kill him. My shot wounded him, but he did not die. And before I could fire again, he took the gun from me. Did you promise to create a mix for his I did, but my, my work shall not be done here. I will travel to some lonely island, and there I will have to study again for many months. And there I would create a mate for the monster, which I created. You must not do it, Victor. I must do it. Oh, having created one such hideous monstrosity as a sin, a sin for which you have paid heavily, do not create another. If I do not, your life is in danger. Elizabeth's life is in danger. I must do as the monster says. So be it. I shall accompany you, and I will help you with your work. Oh, you are kind, my friend. A friend of mine has a cottage on a little island in the Orkneys. I know that he will lend us this cottage, and you will be able to conduct your work there. But I am against it, Victor. I do not think you should do it. Uh, I must do it. I feel sure that if I grant his request, there will be no further trouble. But how can you be sure? You cannot control the minds of the creatures which you create. Oh, we shall tell Elizabeth you are taking me away from my health, that I am going for a sea trip for several months. Then I will be able to return here to find happiness when my work is done. It seems the only way. The servants are preparing a meal for you, Victor. Oh, thank you, Elizabeth. I have just been talking matters over with Ernst, and he thinks that I should go away with him for a secret. My health has been undermined by all this dreadful worry. And you are going away without me? No, but you will be safe here. I know that the monster will not harm you. I feel that I must go away without you this time, Elizabeth. Where are you going? We have not decided yet. But will you not trust him to my care, Elizabeth? I will, Ernst. But I want to ask you one question, Victor. Do you intend to grant the monster's demand? My dear, I am going away from here, so that I will not grant the monster's demand. My laboratory and all my instruments are here. I am leaving them. I am striving to forget about the monster. You need have no fear. I know that the monster will do no further harm. What did you say to him? Well, I do not like to think of it. But I spoke with him, and he swears that he will not commit another murder. Is he not to be punished for the murder he has already committed? Oh, there is nothing we can do at present, my dear. If the Burgomaster's men find the monster, they will kill him. Believe me, Elizabeth, Victor is asking for the best. Be content to leave him in my charge. I must be content. Uh, you have nothing to fear, Elizabeth. Now wait here until I return. I will recover my health. I will forget the miseries of the past. When I come back here, I swear that you and I shall never be parted again. And nothing shall ever happen to Mark. Did you eventually go to that island in the Orkneys, Baron Frankenstein? I went to the island in the Orkneys. I will tell you of my experiences if you come to me again a little later, Captain Gordon. I wish to look through your journal now, and I may make several corrections. Very well, Baron Frankenstein. I will leave you alone now, but I will return later. into Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. It's alive! It's Frankenstein. We now present George Edwards in Frankenstein. During his
was in forced to stay on the good ship Voyager. Baron Frankenstein related his experiences to Captain Walton, who noted them in his journal. And it is owing to that journal that we are able to retell the strange experiences of Baron Victor Frankenstein. Each morning, Captain Walton used to visit Baron Frankenstein's cabin. to you, uh, Captain Walton. Good morning, Baron Frankenstein. Did you look over the notes which I have made in my journal? I did. They form a very graphic and remarkable story. It is extraordinary to think I am reading my own story, and that story is not yet ended. Somewhere outside, the foul monster of my creation still wanders at large, waiting to wreak his evil vengeance on all who stand in his path. Did you create a mate for that monster? You may remember you were telling me that you and your friend Ernst Laval had arranged to journey to a lonely island in the Orkneys there to attempt to create a female monster. That is true. And I lied to my wife. I told her that I was going to take a short trip for my health. Eventually, I reached the island in the Orkneys, and there Ernst Laval and I took up our residence in a large, comfortable cottage. I used one big room at the back to conduct my experiments. I studied night and day. I worked for months. And at last I molded a form which I hoped would someday have life and would be the mate of the monster which I had created. One night I sat working over this form while Ernst sat by my side. He watched me at work Victor... I do not know whether you are doing the right thing. I do not feel that you should create another monster. I have doubts myself, my friend. As my work nears completion, I am afraid. I think that I will unleash another killer, another frightful monster to bring havoc and misery into the lives of many people. And yet I must go on. You do not know that the original monster you created still lives? He may have died by now. And if you continue with this work, you may have to destroy it. Sometimes I feel that the monster which I created will destroy me. Oh, you should not think of those things. Have you heard from Elizabeth lately? I received a letter from her yesterday. She begged me to return home and wonders why I am delaying so long. She must never know what I am doing. She will never forgive me. She will never learn. Come to bed now, Victor. You have worked long enough. You look tired and ill. Uh, I am tired and ill. But I cannot leave my work at present. You go to bed and leave me here. Truth to tell, I am tired of this cold, windy, unpleasant island. We would be here much longer. Not very much longer. If I work through the night, it will merely be a matter of waiting for a thunderstorm. That might come tomorrow, and then my work will be complete. Then this lifeless body will have the divine spark, and I will have sinned again. Oh, think of it, Ernst. I should not do it. I, I know I should not do it. Courage, my friend. It is not too late to destroy the body. Go, leave me. I must think. And I must work on and on, working for the monster which I created. You will be all right here? Yes, of course. Why not? Oh, very well, my friend. I just think you good night. Hello. Oh, what was that? Oh, the casement window was open. The force of the wind must have blown it open. Strange. It has never done that before. I shall close it before I fall. Ah, that is better. Good night, Ernst. I will see you in the morning. Good night, Victor. Do not stay up too long. Alone. Through the devil's work that I have made my own. My thoughts drive me to a frenzy. 
If only I had never attempted to create the monster. If only I did not have to slave now at the orders of my own creation. I said that I would be watching over you, Frankenstein. The monster. I have watched you these many days. I've traced you to this lonely island. And I am happy knowing that now you are obeying my orders. Knowing that soon I am to have a companion, a mate in my own likeness. Oh, why do you haunt me? Why have you followed me here? Are you not my creator? Have I not the right to follow you and watch you at your work? Anger me not, Frankenstein. I am living for the day when that lifeless form that lies before me shall have life. Then there will be one creature on this earth which will not regard me with shuddering, hatred, and loathing. You look more hideous than ever. And when I think that I created you, I am filled with horror and remorse. I cannot make another in your likeness. Be gone, foul fiend! Have a care, Frankenstein. You remember the threat I made to you? Unless you complete your work, unless you make me a companion, all those whom you love shall die at my hands. Standing there, framed in the window, you look more loathsome than anything I have ever seen. Those hands which I made have killed defenseless people. And they shall kill other defenseless people if you do not obey my orders. Tell me this. Have you slain anyone since last we spoke? I slew but one man. He laughed and cheered at me, hurled stones at me, turned the villagers against me. Then I seized his throat and choked the life from his body. You devil, you promised you would slay no more men. Have you the right to command me? Am I not your creator? Did you not swear to me that if I carried out your orders, there would be no further murders? Sometimes the desire comes upon me to kill. I cannot resist that desire. But proceed with your work, Frankenstein. I like to watch you. Go from here. I will not proceed with my work while you are here. Go, you loathsome visage. Oh, you fill me with horror and hatred. Very well, my master. I will go. But I will not be far away. And I hope that soon your work will be complete. I bid you farewell. We shall meet again. Did the monster trouble you again that night, Baron Frankenstein? I did not see the monster again that night. But I sat in thought for many hours, realizing that my ghastly work was a great sin. Remembering the face of the monster as I had last seen it, wrinkled with ghastly malice and treachery. I was sitting there when dawn broke. My friend Claval came in and found me. As soon as he saw me, he said, Victor, have you been here all night? I haven't. Is your work complete? It is not complete. But I received a visit from the monster last night, and I know now that I cannot complete this work. I dare not make another scene. I have not the right to do it. What did the monster say? Did he threaten you? Yes. Do you not understand, Ernst, that if I create this female, there is no knowing that she will accept the monster as her mate? She might turn with disgust from him when she sees him amongst other men. She will also know and realize that he is hideous and deformed, and she may have the same murderous purposes. I cannot do it. I must not do it. My poor friend, how can I advise you? Give me that iron bar. 
I feel that madness is upon me. I swear that I shall never complete this work. Give me that iron bar and still. Here it is. What will you do with it? You will see. I will destroy all traces of my work. Look, I smashed this lifeless form to atoms. Never will I resume these labors. As I smash this form, so do I defy the monster. I will fight him. I will no longer fear his threat. I will destroy him just as I am destroying this work of mine. Look on me, Ernst. Victor, you are close to madness. Yes, close to madness. See now what I have done? The monster shall never have a mate. Perhaps you are wise. I know that I am wise. But I know that my first creation still lives. And when he learns of this, he will vow hatred and revenge. The monster. Oh, he approaches the window now. I still have the iron bar. I shall destroy him as I destroy the form that was to be his mate. Oh... Oh, so he just stands outside the window. Look at him. Yes, look on me, Frankenstein. Look on your creation and look on the work you have destroyed. And I am glad that I destroyed it. Do you dare to break your promise? I left Switzerland after you. I crept along the shores of the Rhine. I have worked many months in the heats of England and among the deserts of Scotland. I have endured unutterable fatigue, cold and hunger. And now you dare to destroy my hopes. Your threats cannot move me. They confirm in me the determination not to create a companion for you. Do you think that I, in cold blood, would set loose upon the earth another monster whose delight is in death and wretchedness? I will kill you. Careful, Victor. I do not fear him. I seize the iron bar from his ground. Stand back, Frankenstein. Do you think you are to be happy while I grovel in the intensity of my wretchedness? I go now, Frankenstein. But we will meet again on the day that you are reunited with your wife. Remember that, Frankenstein. On the day that you are reunited with your wife, you and I will come face to face again. Ernst, will you not help me to kill him? I have beaten you. I have the feet stands outside the window. He wrenched that iron bar from your grasp and bent it as if it were a stick of willow. He, he has gone now. Did you hear his I am afraid. And you may well be afraid, Frankenstein. You have had your chance, and you let it slip by. Fear me, my creator. I am now your monster. Leave this out at once. Did the dreadful monster carry out his threat, Baron Frankenstein? Ask me no more today, Captain. I recall that I almost swooned after the monster had left me. And I feel now that the monster is not far away. He is close to the ship. I seem to sense his presence. I shall place our men on guard outside your cabin. Do not fear, Baron Frankenstein. If my men set eyes on the monster, they will kill him. I go to give those orders now. This and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, wherever you get podcasts, or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! <laughs>